Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63, the only podcast for ranked Loyola basketball. Uh, this week it is Season 3, Episode 16, uh, and this one is going to be the most fun one yet. Uh, we're obviously going to talk about uh, Loyola being ranked this week. Super exciting, both in the AP and the coaches' poll. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about high school recruits. Uh, Illinois high school basketball just started back up, so we're going to uh, refresh all of our memories on that. And then we're going to talk about the two games we had this week, both wins. Um, a little frustrating, um, but I think it tells us a lot about who our team is, so we're going to make sure to talk about that. Lou, how are you feeling? Rank 22? You feeling 22? I'm feeling anything in the top 25. I think this team deserved it. This team's playing great. And I think this just really shows that this team down the stretch could make something special going into March Madness. So I'm excited to talk about it. And just a, a great day to see all over Twitter and social media the the fans coming out just to cheer them on. And as a lot of the basketball guys shared on Instagram and Twitter, they're still chasing. And so are we for more podcast episodes. So make sure to stay tuned. And don't forget, go Blurs. He And welcome back. So, uh, as we have been talking about all over Twitter uh, and previous podcasts uh, for the past few weeks now, uh, we've been receiving votes in the AP poll. And as we've said, you know, we just got to keep winning. We got to keep winning. We can't afford one single slip up. And as to this point, uh, I believe we've won 10 in a row. Um, and we are officially ranked by the AP poll, which is the first time since I think it's March 13th, 1985. Um, a lot of questions I, I've seen on Twitter about that. So it is sort of a nuance. What happens is AP poll only releases, they release their last poll the season before the tournament for March Madness. And so a lot of people were asking about the final four year. And um, we weren't ranked in the AP poll before the tournament. And then after the tournament, we were ranked in the coaches poll. We were ranked number seven. But that one isn't as official, I guess you could say. No, uh, yeah. It's not the first one people go to. Um, so, yes, we were ranked in, in the final four year, but it was by the coaches poll. So we received 200 votes, I believe, was like the final count. Um and uh, it helped us that some teams like Drake and Kansas dropped out. Um, but I was actually kind of still surprised to see Purdue in there. I had speculated that they might fall out. Um, I saw Oklahoma State uh, was in there right after us, which, again, was a little surprising. I thought they might actually be ahead of us. Yeah, I thought um, they'd be ahead of us big time, yeah. With that big win over Texas. And exactly. then I forget who was number 25. Was it... 25 oh, was Rutgers, but I, Rutgers. if you don't mind, I thought an interesting one was number 21. And that's that? good, good old Wisconsin basketball. <laughs> yeah, just ahead of us. Just ahead of us, yeah. No, I think, that again, the most surprising one, I have to agree, was the Purdue one. They did lose to um, Maryland, and I think I'm pretty sure the week, they were 24 the week before. Yeah, and they only so, beat Northwestern by like five. 
Yeah, so I was really surprised by that. I guess my only thing is, and if I look here, did Maryland receive votes? And I don't think they did. So I actually am very surprised um, that they are still in the top 25. So, But again, you never know. I know uh, this year it uh, looks like Big Ten losses are being counted very strong mm-hmm. toward the top 25. Again, Rutgers, Purdue, Wisconsin are all in the top – or in the Big Ten, they're all in the top 25 – from each other, then you have Michigan, and then you got Illinois, Iowa, Iowa Illinois, Ohio State. So, mm-hmm. pretty sure more than half of the Big Ten is in the top twenty-five. So, I think that's why maybe they're holding Big Ten losses to a little bit. So, but again, it's exciting to be in that company. Like you said, it's been quite some time. Only thing we've received, uh, we got votes from the AP was we received votes. We never were in the top twenty-five. We received votes going into the March Madness and stuff, but. Never really um, anything because people remember the final four year. We actually were on a stretch. And if I remember correctly, we almost if I remember, we pretty much won every maybe we lost like two, maybe three conference games like we were pretty good in conference. So Mm -hmm. I think that showed. But again, never in the top 25. So great, great place to be. Great number 22. Definitely higher than I thought. I, I don't know about you. Uh, their buck, but I thought that's higher than I thought. I thought we would be sitting at a 24, 23. Um, definitely not a 25. I definitely think with the guys who lost and the people who were falling out, I thought we could move up. But 22 is nice. I have to say it's a nice spot to at least move forward. I think there's easy way we can jump ahead. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked that number. I, I didn't see us getting that. I had predicted 23. Um, so pretty close, but uh, happy to see it for sure. Um, and yeah, as I kind of mentioned earlier uh, in the preview, a lot of the players are tweeting about it. A lot of former players, like I saw Dante, Ben, uh, Marcus, Towns, um, Clay, but he's on the staff now. Um, Just Coach Clay, Coach Clay, Coach Coach Clay, Clay, sorry, Coach Clay. Uh, Tweeting about it and congratulating the guys and stuff like that, like they deserve it and that kind of stuff. Um, But also the guys on the team, they were all saying how – you know, they're not done yet. Like, they still have to, to fight, and, and they're saying they're still chasing. So it's good to see. You know, can't let it really get to your head, especially as a player, when you have two extremely important games, potentially the best resume-building games you have left this year uh, against Drake this upcoming weekend. Um, so it was super cool. I'm stoked. Uh, I We kind of talked about it a little bit, but I, I also think we probably need to win both games in order to stay ranked um this weekend which i think if we we split i think it's pretty close i think we'll still receive a lot of votes but i just i don't think they would rank us or drake at that point um and then we're also kind of talking like we got to keep if we lose any games from here on out until the end of the season they'll probably we'll probably get dropped out of the top 25 the only thing the only way we probably don't is if we win out all the way to the conference championship arch madness championship and lose that game, we might still sneak in in the back end, like 22, 23, 24, something like that. Um, yeah. And yeah, and that's, and I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And someone could easily be listening and be like, what are you talking about? Rutgers has got six losses. Purdue's got seven. But like we said, the people who vote are going to value uh, losses as a good loss or while ours to Indiana state is definitely a bad loss. We have a bad loss on our resume. I'd say, I, I know Hazelmetrics does a pretty good details of bad loss. I haven't looked at that in quite some time, but I'd say the Wisconsin one was a not so bad of a loss. So even though we have only so few, we we don't really 
have as many kind of tough competition that the like Big Ten has. So it's a little tough, but I do think this is where we need to get the voters to start recognizing the Missouri Valley as kind of a more credible conference. I think this presence of Drake and us really makes that a great, great fact to be known that the Missouri Valley isn't a conference that is weak. Every team's in it to fight. And as you saw um, from Valpo beating Drake, like every, it's any given day, it's, it's the Valley as I think one great quote from a former coach. So anything can happen. So it's great to see. But I think, of course, I'm smiling a little extra that we're in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, did you have anything else uh, to say about the the rankings? or? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the one thing, just uh, not a negative, just something to really note is that people like Andy Katz um, didn't really have us in his like, power 25. Um he had us, I think, at 35 or 36, and then Drake at 36 or 37. So just trying to understand, like, big names, where we're going out there. Uh, I'm going to be intrigued to see um, the next Bracketology. Um, that's going to be something that I'll be really looking forward to. So, again, I think you said it best. Just keep on winning. Each game is, again, let's not think toward the rest of the season, but each game let's kind of have the focus that – we, we need to win. I, I think it, I'd rather have this, these guys have the mindset of we need to win this next game like to, to stay alive because I think that just helps us. Um, and especially after the games we've had, I think getting, uh, what is it, five games left in the conference, mm-hmm. five nice extra wins would put us really, really nice the rest of the way going into conference play. It is kind of strange that we, like, we're already 12-1 and one in conference. Like, yeah. It, it's it, it's felt like it kind of has gone by real fast because I feel like a lot of other teams as we're watching college basketball they're stopping and starting and mm-hmm. like luckily like knock on wood we've really only had the beginning of the season and the one time where we had um, games post well we had a couple non-con postponed but mm-hmm. only one time in conference and then it happened again and we were able to reschedule so being that we're already twelve and one I mean didn't we only win was it last year. How many did we win last year? We were twelve and six, I think, in conference last year, and then the year before that, I think we were like thirteen and five. It's just weird to put it in perspective that like how good this team is so far. Yeah. So um, last year we were thirteen and five, and the year before you we were twelve and six. So you knew the records. We were just you were just different year. The swap flipped them. Yeah. 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 And exactly. It's, it's funny too because that twelve and six year was when we we tied Drake and we won out in tiebreakers to win the. Uh, to win the Valley Championship, a regular season championship. And then, exactly, yeah. it, like, both of those records were, um, you know, good enough for at least, like, a tie of first or second place where we still have work to do. Like, this team has to win. And and if and we still control our own destiny, you know, if we win both games against Drake, it puts us in the driver's seat to, to win the regular season and the first seed at Arch Madness. But, you know, if we split these games... It just becomes kind of chaos at that point, and we really don't want to have tiebreaker scenarios. I know these guys want to just win it outright and be able to celebrate an outright championship. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think any of those tiebreaker scenarios have been have been great to have. And I think again, it's nice to be in first, but I think it's even better to be in first by yourself, not really sharing any titles or anything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as far as, as far as rankings go, uh, yeah, number twenty-two in the AP, number twenty-three in the coaches. Um, again, now we are in first place in the Valley. Uh, we have played more games than Drake. Uh, so just kind of by that process, we are in first place. Uh, each of us have one loss now in conference. 
Um, but kind of changing gears a little bit, um, one thing I we both really enjoy talking about uh, is our up and coming, our high school recruits and commits. Um, mm-hmm. And for those who might not be familiar uh, with high school basketball in Illinois, it's one of uh, just a few states that have been not allowing it, like just fully. Um, and now uh, different regions of the state have moved into um, better conditions to have contact sports. Um, and so there is a lot of high school basketball going on. I think almost all of the state, I, I'm like 90% of it. But uh, both of our um, incoming freshmen are from Illinois. Uh, Ty Johnson is from uh, Chicago. He goes to DePaul Prep. And then Ben Schweiger uh, goes to Wabonzi Valley, which is in one of the western suburbs of Chicago. Um, so they have both started their seasons. Um, one thing I shared just today was uh, Michael O'Brien, who's a great high school uh, men's basketball reporter. He um, put out an article about his Super 25 basketball rankings for the season and uh, had both of our guys' teams on the list. Um, Ty Johnson and DePaul Prep were number six. Uh, and he said that uh, the DePaul Prep Rams have five college-bound seniors led by Ty Johnson, uh, one of the state's best scorers, and then two other guys. One's going to Wisconsin Parkside. One's going to Massachusetts. Uh, but it sounds like he has a lot of weapons around him, which is good to see. You know, hopefully he's playing deep into playoffs and stuff like that. And then uh, Ben Schweiger uh he has him as number 25 and he says that Loyola recruit Ben Schweiger is surrounded by an experienced group of fellow seniors so both these guys are um the leaders of their teams and uh Schweiger I think Schweiger had a game already did he not Lou yeah I think well he had Schweiger had the game Saturday I believe it was Mm -hmm. and had what I thought was just a great dunk Mm -hmm. um absolutely phenomenal um, so it was, I don't know, was it, so did it officially start last week? I think, yeah, I think it was past week. I think they started so, so, practicing. Some of the regions of the state are a little different. So I think some might've started practicing like a couple weeks ago or 10 days ago. Okay. Um, and then it was just kind of up to like coaches, like when they scheduled, but I, I think I've seen, I think I saw so, like it, last Monday. I think I saw when some games starting. Yeah, and then that's the thing because even I saw today stuff about like basketball coaches in the Chicago public schools not sure if they were going to play due to like what's going on with the labor disputes and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think it's just been, like you said, I think you said it best, it's the regional kind of thing. So we're going to be paying attention. So Swagger played Saturday, and then tonight um, Ty Johnson, I believe, he played. Yeah. Um, so and that was DePaul Prep. So DePaul Prep, though, that's a private school, so that's nothing to do with CB. CPS so but great to see those guys like be able to get out there first um I I think that's just a a struggle in itself to be able to get out there and play um and get some competition in this before college now these guys got to get the strength and get and then be able to go out there and do something well I believe you you told me earlier so I got 27 points yeah yeah he ended up having 27 other 64 he and then in the article it says he had five rebounds and a big block exactly yeah, and then that's the thing. It's like even putting up putting up 27 points in any type of game is amazing in high school. Mm-hmm. But for a kid to come out of it and the season be delayed and all this, so in my head, you, you hope Swagger's putting in the work, practicing whenever he can safely and everything. And come on, the, the, the kid was able to get up with a mask on. Like that's mm-hmm. just, that's just first of all, impressive the dunk, but had no issue or anything, playing tough, playing smart. So I think those, like you said, 
we love talking about our recruits. We love because they're the future. Last year, uh, sorry, two years ago, we were talking about Marquise Kennedy and how excited we were. Last year, I think we were just excited about Jacob Hudson being a seven, nearly seven feet tall. Baylor Hebb's highlight reels, like how great. We knew Baylor Hebb, a.k.a. foreshadowing to the movie head, I think, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we would we talk about those highlight reels. So to see Swagger get a highlight reel of a nice dunk. Um, and then hopefully we'll see something from Ty Johnson. I know you and I were keeping a close eye with some of those pickup games over, yeah. over December. So moving forward, I'm excited for these two guys. Excited that they're able to play and excited that they're being safe. Just also excited to see future Ramblers out there on the court. Definitely. Yeah, that's. Uh, it was kind of funny to see. that there. I, I watched a video about those unofficial scrimmages. So they couldn't have any head coaches because they couldn't be. Oh, really? That's- yeah, there's, there's no head coaches. Apparently how it, they organized it. Oh, I can't. This, they had referees. So I think they would like. The players from specific schools or groups of guys, they probably had like, you know, an Instagram group message or you know, no one uses Facebook anymore, but like you know, <laughs> Twitter or whatever, they're, you know, texting or whatever, but, you know, group chats and, and they're probably just texting each other and then they have to reach out and get a referee. And, and that's how they did it. I think maybe, you know, there might have been some sort of coach texting them plays or, or like what he wanted to see them work on or something but they couldn't be present um, or else it would have been organized basketball so it was really kind of it felt kind of like dirty like watching it like i don't know how to describe it like it it felt like i shouldn't be watching it but it was cool to see some highlights i saw him it, it just kind of felt like a bunch of pickup games honestly yeah um, no 100 percent. oh it was a slightly almost like aau but then almost, yeah. again like almost pickup but again it was exciting to see Ty was getting, I think he was getting a lot talked about on Twitter. So I think now I'm just more excited to see what they got, uh, what any tricks up their sleeves or anything coming now that they're playing back to high school basketball. So it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, We're going to, I'll be intrigued to see. We do have a few more spots uh, technically. Again, I'm going to put an asterisk. Um, I don't know, again, with the whole scholarships and everything. Um, I believe everyone has the year back. But again, I don't know what's going on with high school. We do have a few spots open. Um, so we'll see if there's going to be more movement on the recruiting front for, uh, the class of 2021, or if they'll just move forward to 2022. So we're excited. I got my eyes on a few kids. I think we should be recruiting. So I'll be seeing how they go, but I uh, just, again, excited to see future Ramblers. This is how we do it. We start with Marquise Kennedy. We started with Baylor head last year, and then it just, it's a, every year it's going to be a new excitement for a new future Ramblers and it's, it's nothing but good stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the next thing kind of want to talk about, um, actually, before we move into the games, you had mentioned, you know, some of the guys having a potential extra year. Kind of the first one that I've, like, big name in the Valley that I've seen who's, like, specifically answered whether he's coming back. And, um, oh, shoot, let me find the reporter's name really quick because he's from mm-hmm. Missouri State. Uh, Wyatt Wheeler. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen him all the time on our Twitter, yeah. Yeah, he's a great follow. Um, he tweeted that Gage Prim said that he's coming back next year. So I'm sure we're going to start oh, seeing yeah. more. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just saw that 48 minutes ago. Yeah, so I'm sure what? we're going to start seeing more and more. I saw something like that. One of the Missouri Valley fan pages say that all, all the Drake seniors are coming back, which seems kind of odd. Like, I don't I don't trust that yet. But um, I trust Wyatt Wheeler, and, and it sounds like he specifically answered the question. So oh, we'll start to yeah. see 
we'll start to see more and more of that, I'm sure. So any of the bigger ones we'll probably just throw out here just so that all our listeners know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that uh, can transition us into our seniors uh, for this, this past weekend. Um, as we talked about last week, um, we were coming into the game, some of the things we were thinking about, Marquise Kennedy and his injury. You know, I think we had kind of come to the conclusion that he most likely was not going to play as of last week. Um, just wasn't worth wasn't worth him aggravating. We don't actually know what the injury is. I think they just said it's a leg injury. Um, so, and he, he ended up not playing. He didn't dress either game. I think on Saturday after the game, Porter said that Marquise might dress for Sunday's game, but that he was doubtful. So... It seems like such an oddly specific thing to say if he didn't actually think he might play the next day. Um, so I do think that there's more hope for Marquise to play against Drake this weekend. I probably at this point wouldn't put it much better than 50-50, but it gives me a little hope. Maybe like 55-45. Um, but anyway, sorry, that's but that was kind of the pretext for the series. Um, so we come in uh, and play at home first time in... Uh, five games and we did end up winning the first game 68 to 55 um this game for me uh was all about turnovers uh we we created 15 and only gave up six which is probably one of our best turnover margins the whole season i haven't looked back on it um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think the other other storyline for me for this first game was uh kind of who was playing um baylor had got a decent amount of minutes uh, Tate Hall got some, but kind of not as many as he had been getting recently. Uh, Tom had only nine, and then Cooper had three, and then our starters really picked up the bulk of the load. Um, but Lou, why don't you why don't you take this game? Why don't you tell me what, what your reactions were, how you how you felt about the first game specifically? Yeah, I'll, I'll just hop on the point about the the time spent with the starters, and it was really intriguing. I really noticed it again. The game was getting close down the stretch, so I think Porter wasn't really having it. He wasn't really going to give kind of chance to um, some guys on the bench to really pick it up, and it's just tough. But if you look at it, you had a here with 35, Lucas with 33, Braden with 34, and then Keith and Cam both at 29 minutes each. But me, I noticed the presence of everyone, start all the starters, more down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was it was more maybe the defense. It was more just like, wow, everyone's in. Like there's it, it here was in. It wasn't a question of Tate was going in for here. It was like, no, the starters are in and they're gonna finish this. And I think that was just what was great for me because again, I think it was just more of we didn't really put Bradley or sorry, we didn't put I don't know why I said Bradley, apologies. <laughs> Evansville. We didn't put Evansville away. Granted, it's very similar to my opinion how we came down the stretch and beat Bradley. But we never gave up the lead, which is great. But it's just like we never put them away. And I think that's what stuck through my head because every article I read was like, oh, Loyola's blowing out the teams by so much. And I was just like, oh, okay. The we the game isn't – okay, yeah, we're, we're not actually crushing it. I think we we're only up by nine at one point. I think it got close to four points at one point. Um, yeah, here with 16 minutes left, 37-41. We're only up by 40, uh, 41-37. Uh, then by five. So um, I think down the stretch, the starters stepped up. And I have to speak, if you don't mind me starting off, stepping mm-hmm. up was Cameron Crutwig. I don't know mm-hmm. what type of game it might have been. He might like getting player of the week because if he doesn't get player of the week, and 
And I'm going to have some words, but uh, I don't really know. And I'll be I'll be honest. I don't know who else played well this weekend from the Valley. So I'll have to look into that. But Cameron Krug, 20 points, 11 rebounds. Oh, wait, let's all pause. That's a double-double, everybody. That's a double-double. <laughs> double-double. And it was great to see. The four assists, though, was amazing. And then he had those blocks. Mm-hmm. He had a few blocks. And I think it was uh, very similar to how we play. It was uh, two of the blocks, at least that I remember, were uh, the – Evansville had like a second left on the shot clock and he just was mm-hmm. on and pressuring. So that was great to see. Um, the only thing uh, from this game for Cam that I think is something room to improve was just the defensive side. He was mm-hmm. electric on offense, but defense was saw him a little struggle. And Porter said in his post game was he was out in the perimeter. And that's not some ways where I don't think Cam can guard. It just thought, come on. He's not 100% comfortable. He's comfortable where he can get a block shot around the post, where he can use his body to kind of enclose the um, opponent and stop them from scoring. I think just on the perimeter, it's a little tough. There's a lot more uh, chance for the opponent to score, step back three and stuff like that. And I just think overall came at a great game and room for improvement was just the defense. But what a what a bright star to have on the court. A, a very much performance that throughout the game I saw. There was no jumpers, a little disappointed. At least I didn't notice the jumper, but I don't it's think okay. So. Uh, I'll I'll be I'm very very happy. I slept well with the double double, so um, it was exciting. Um, I think we can, if you don't mind, I want to talk about Keith, and I know you and I are really excited about Keith, and I think mm-hmm. I'm just really excited about how Keith starts games. Mm-hmm. I think that just really in both games, Keith comes out and is really not afraid to just right out of the gate go. He had a steal early on, then he had a three pointer right early in the game. So from just my eyes, Keith is someone who I really love as a starting gate, um, starting the lineup, because for some reason his mentality is we got to get off to a nice lead. And he had a great game. He had 12 points, um, three assists, five for seven from field goal. Again, everyone was pretty good from field goal. Again, our field goal was a great 55% overall. So just really great. Those two guys, again, the leading scorers of the game, Keith and Cam, but I just really love Keith starting off hot and then Cam throughout the whole game. I don't think there was a moment on offensively where he really lightened up. I think he was consistent throughout. And again, putting up 20 points and 11 rebounds, and four assists, and three blocks isn't something that comes by every game, and especially a player who I think should be Larry Bird player of the year. But, Buck, what do you got for those two? Or what do you got for anyone else that surprised you? Yeah, so first things first, I hate to break it to you, but they actually did announce player of the week already, and it did go to Isaiah Mosley. Um, I thought so it comes he, out on Tuesday. Thought it no, comes out on yeah, Tuesday. I, I thought it did too. I think they're just because everyone was already done with this week's games. I think they they put it out. Um, but like, I get why he got it. I think he he scored in the two games. He scored nineteen and twenty four, and then he had did he, he have three blocks. Like what? What are they? Are they no, but he oh, did, God. Surprisingly, he did average like six and a half assists and seven rebounds or something. Like I. I still think Cam should have gotten it because I think we beat a better team and I think Cam's performance was overall better. But oh, I they played Illinois State, didn't they? Yeah, they, yeah, they played basically. Oh, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, this is just pathetic. Uh, I'm gonna write a strongly worded letter. Keep going, Buck. Keep Please going. Do. Yeah. So, but the the other thing I want to talk about, I I feel like often if I'm talking about uh, Porter's uh, in-game management, I'm often complaining about it. But actually, there's a couple things I, I really liked about um, how he managed his defense in both games. And he did this a couple times. Um, I thought 
Tom Welch was a really weird matchup this week. Evansville has a bunch of guys who are quick, and if they're not quick, they can shoot really well from three. And even though Tom isn't like a straight-up center, I think he still struggles guarding guards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I thought it was a really weird matchup for him, and I think he noticed that. Um, and so what he did was a couple different times he brought in um, an all like guard lineup, I guess you could say. You know, there uh, Uguak, uh, Tate Hall, and Lucas were our, our bigger guys, and then you had like Keith and and Baylor or Braden and Keith or something like that. And I think it really he only used it like twice or three times in each game, and only for a couple minutes. But I think it really threw him off because what they could do then is just switch everything. Um, I think in the second game, Tate got burned one time on it, but I think other than that, I think every single defensive possession, which might have only been six or seven, they didn't score. Um, and so I think he would use it when he started feeling like it was the game might be slipping away a little bit or getting closer than he liked, and he'd run that lineup out, and they get defense stops. Um, the only problem with that lineup is rebounding. Um, cause you don't have cam, you don't have Tom. So you got, everyone had to rebound. Um, so I really liked that. Uh, the other thing I liked, um, was his, um, ability or, or lack of hesitation using Baylor Hep. Um, unfortunately like Marquise was gone and I'll talk about this more in game two, but I really felt like this team, what I learned from this weekend is how much Marquise means to this team. I think if Marquise plays these games and he's healthy, we win by 20, both games easily. Because not just his offense, but he is so good on defense. He takes away um, uh, quick ball handlers' ability to drive the lane. And even though Evansville doesn't always drive the lane and and look to score, a lot of times they drive and kick and set screens for each other to to open up threes. But if your guards are quick enough on defense, they get in front of that, they stop the drive, it kind of messes up their whole defense. So I thought... um, Porter wasn't hesitating using Baylor in instead of Tate for some moments, especially in game two. Uh, I thought he got away with it. I thought it worked because Baylor's just quicker than Tate is. I wouldn't say Baylor's a better defender, but I think for the matchup against Evansville, they were kind of struggling on, I think it's Givens and um, Newton. Those guys are real quick. And yeah, so pretty quick, yeah. when Clemens... Uh, got into some foul trouble uh, instead of going right to Tate Hall that he went to Baylor and I thought Baylor played really well I think only in game two after he had played for like 10 minutes he started kind of messing up a little bit but um, I, I I have to say I really liked the way he managed his lineups because I think Marquise is just such an essential part to this team and he had to figure out what to do. And I, I think that's actually a bigger um, uh, like a bigger issue than I think we, we kind of considered going into the game. Um, and I thought he did a pretty good job of managing it, all things considered. Um, but yeah, I guess just kind of moving on from, from that specific topic into I thought Baylor played really well. Uh, in game one, he had two gorgeous Eurostep layups. Um, one might have been a travel, but he got away with it. <laughs> I'm happy you said that. I thought it was a travel. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just get away with it. They don't catch everything. Yeah, I think there were some breaks that were need to be given this weekend, yeah. I do have to say, I think it was in game one. I think Ahir missed a dunk in game one. 
Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, it was game one, I think it was. Either way, it was game one or game two, and he, he missed it. Uh, he that missed made me it, yeah. so sad. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought everyone played pretty solid. I thought Cam played great, and I thought everyone else kind of just played solid. And um, uh, defensively, I thought we we did pretty good, especially in the second half, um, defending the three. I thought we defended the three better in the second half. Um, but yeah, 16 turnovers or fit. We created 15 turnovers. Actually, I, this is kind of wild to me. Um, uh, what's his first name? Jawan Newton, uh, had eight turnovers himself in game one. Yep. So that was, uh, we did a pretty good job defending him specifically in game one. Um, but yeah, any, any last thoughts on game one? Yeah, I just thought game one, uh, really should have kind of, well, one thing that surprised me was they only had one free throw the entire game. Yeah. One free throw. So that kind of showed you that they're not a team that drives the hoop, in my yeah. opinion. And it shows you that they took, of their 48 shots, they took 25 from three. So that's more than 50%. Um, and they made 44% of their three. So I really thought this game was going to show that they're a three-point shooting team. And they did it quite well. Um, I think their three points were really just surprising me. I was like, it felt like they were just making them too easy. Um, but again, I think we were pressuring them enough to where a lot of the shots were like, wow, that's a lucky shot. It's still good defense. Our hand was in the face, came down to the shot clock. Uh, I just really think this game one, the way we were handling the three-point shooting would determine the second game. And I, I think this is my segue for my note, which I'll talk mm-hmm. more when we get to the second game, is we didn't. Um, but I think the first game was a great game, more offensively from us. Defensively, we were locked down. Again, the turnovers we kept, uh, again, Juwan Newton had eight alone. One player having eight is ridiculous. And then we kept our turnovers down the first game, only six for the entire game. That that was really great. Um, so really impressed that we had more steals than turnovers. I think that's just a great stat, eight steals to six turnovers. So, again, those stats are what comes out. My summary is, thank you, Cameron Crowig. You're my player of the week. Um, 20 points, 11 rebounds. Come on, and four assists from a big guy. I don't know what more you can ask, but there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, final score of the first game, 68 to 55. Um, so moving into game two, um, I was kind of feeling pretty confident, honestly, going into game two because I thought um, – Evansville would have a tougher time shooting the three in a, in a back-to-back game two. Uh, I also thought that we might try to throw some kind of different defensive stuff at them. I had noticed in game one, we went under on every possible ball screen. Um, and it's kind of hard to explain just my voice what going under on a ball screen is. But what it did was it gave them lots of opportunities to shoot threes. Um they're not the easiest threes to shoot, but it gives them space in order. And a lot of shooters, that's all they need. They can find their own rhythm, and and if they have the space, they can hit it. So I was really looking to see if they would change that up, and um, they kind of didn't, uh, which was kind of surprising to me. I think maybe Porter thought that they would struggle shooting the three in the second game, and I guess they did. I mean, they did they did shoot a lower percentage. They only shot 33%. But I really don't think that was um, because we changed anything drastic. That's not mm-hmm. to say like individual players didn't try harder or tried or like tried differently um, by themselves. But 
I didn't notice anything. But, um, again, I guess it kind of didn't matter. We did win 69-58. to 58. It did have a much different feel in this game. Um, it was a lot closer, I thought, for a lot longer than mm-hmm. it needed to be. I thought um, some of those, some of the reasons why it was so close was more self-inflicted than anything. Um, and, again, you know, I talk about this every podcast, but they won in a different way. And this game, we turned the ball over 15 times, which is a ton. And they and Evansville only turned it over 13 times. So we won despite having more turnovers, um, which I don't know the percentages on that, but I'm sure it's not very good. Yeah, um, and even we had we had 11 assists, so it wasn't that great of a game for assist either. So yeah, yeah, I um, or 14 yeah, assists there. Oh, okay, 14. Um, but yeah, I thought just kind of overall. It was a good game. It was another grind it out. I wouldn't, maybe not good. It was okay. They got the job done. They won. That's what's important. Uh, and down the stretch, they hit big shots. They hit important shots. Braden hit a huge three. Keith hit a huge three. Um, Cam had a great and one. Um, we made enough free throws and we played enough defense to win a game. And ultimately, um, as the great Al Davis said, just win, baby. And that's what they did. Uh, Lou, what do you, what do you got for me? I know, I know you weren't as... Yeah, say. not happy. No, no. Again, there's two sides to me. Yes, you say it the best, and I think it's what's needed to be said about this game is just win. Um, Al Davis said it, and I think we need to say that too when it gets to games like this. First half, I know we were up by 13, but it, yeah, I think you, you tweeted, we should be up by way more. Easily. Mm-hmm. We inflicted so many turnovers. I believe what you said, 10 turnovers in the first half. Of the 15, so 10, way more than half are in the first half, and that's just ridiculous. Um, it was just, and the turnovers were not like on ball, de- uh, Evansville great defense turnovers. It was us throwing the ball away. It was us uh, forgetting. It was just really frustrating more than anything to watch because you're like, oh, I think we, we're going to have a good game. We think we can do it. Um, so I think that was just really, really got to me about that. Um, it, it just didn't feel clean, uh, for the first half. And then the second half, it never felt like we could have a breath, a breath. Um, we let Evansville from 17 points. They scored 41 points in the second half, mm-hmm. 41 points. So I think again, it, like it was more inflicting on us. It was us inflicting them. Evansville was doing what they needed to do. Well, they scored 41 points in the second half. They beat us in the second half. We just, we're kind of giving it to them to have a chance to come back. So this game got a lot closer than I, I think even though the last game, if I remember correctly, I, I think even with the 13 point lead at half, they cut it down to has to be, I think six. I'm looking at four. Yeah. They were down by four points. Four, at one yeah. Time. yeah. So again, but the thing is then they never left. Yeah. Then it came back down to five points. They never really left the single digit bracket. Um, and that's the thing. And then it, until the end of the, until less than a minute left with all the fouls and everything, then we got it back into the double digit lead. But it was just a little frustrating, I have to say. Um, but I, I got to go straight at my bright spot, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, and my bright spot is Ahiru Rock. I thought he, and granted now, you got you to gotta listen to me. I thought a few of his uh, so-called fouls on him were a little floppy, <laughs> but um, he got to the line eight of ten times. Eight of ten times from an Iruga. I'm not talking about a different guy from last year. I'm not talking about a different guy from a few months ago. I'm talking about the same here. And that really impressed me. 
And I was sitting with someone, and I kept saying to them, oh, here's going to the foul line. I was like, no. I was like, he keeps going to the foul line. And he, he, he proved me wrong. He proved me wrong. Um, and he had 11 rebounds. This game, and I noticed I noticed these 11 rebounds. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's a good rebound. Oh, he's going up there for this rebound. And Cam and he was noticing, I forget who it was on their team. Oh, and I'm going to be annoyed by it. Whatever kind of big second, the bench big man came in, he was able to box Cam out. So Cam was getting boxed out. And mm-hmm. so he would come in and kind of clear the boards for him. And that was really great. And he put up 14 points. So he had a double-double. A hero got double-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds. Just great to see. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. And then Braden Norris, I, I have to say, I think there might have been one other game. I was very impressed. I'm, I'm not a huge Braden fan. Not saying I won't be. I'm not. I'm, I'm always a Braden fan because he's Royal Rambler. He's mm-hmm. not my, like, he, Marquise Kennedy, I have a different fa- I'm a different fan for. Cameron Crowick, Braden Norris really stepped up and proved me wrong on some things. Um, his drive, he is not afraid to drive. This game really showed me that for Braden. Yeah. Um, he got to the foul line. There was one move. I'm pretty sure he had, like, a kind of give and go, or he, like, faked. And then sp- he was very impressive when he got to the post. He wasn't afraid to look f- to score. Um, and like you said, he wasn't then even – it didn't even phase him to make a big shot down the down the stretch. So he had 19 points. That was great. Um, so I think those and he played 37 minutes. Same with here. So those two guys played 37 minutes each. And really, I thought those two guys made the game better for us. Yes, Cam had a great game. Uh, Keith had a good game. But I think without a here and Braden, that game wouldn't have been as complete as it was. And I hope that really gets it out there. It's like yes, everyone played a part. But I think this game, where we had the Bradley game was Marquise Kennedy. I think this game was Braden and Ahir. Ahir getting the rebounds. Braden not afraid to shoot. And Ahir getting to the foul line and really impressed me. Buck, what, do you have anything on those two? Yeah, I mean, I think just kind of more generally, one of the things I think why they um, they struggle a little bit, especially with, like those turnovers we were talking about, I think it just is uh, sort of a carryover effect from the game before. I mean, they they all played, all the starters played a lot of minutes in the first yeah, game. That's and then true. to come back, play game two. It was kind of the first time, probably, I mean, Bradley, but the game one of Bradley wasn't that close, really. So I kind of feel like probably since Indiana State, when they actually lost, this was the first time that the starters had played full minutes both games, and I could see it. I think even more mentally than physically, it was just kind of taxing on them. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think Braden Norris had probably his best all around scoring game, like offensive game. Um, somehow he didn't have an assist, which I feel like just doesn't seem right. But like you said, 19 points, uh, two for three from three, um, five for eight from the line, which is fine. It's, it's not great, but I, I think he's a better free throw shooter than that. Um, and like you said, both Braden and Ahir played 37 minutes. And those are big minutes because Keith Clemens, another starter, a guy you rely on, he was in foul trouble most of the second half. He only played 26 minutes. I'm sure Porter would have loved to give him 32, 34 minutes, you know, in crunch time. Um, but Ahir and, and Braden really stepped up big. Um, Cam, another great game. Um, everyone, I think if you would give me the option of, of being 22 for 30 from the free throw line, I'd take that every game. Uh, 73% is pretty good. Uh, and also just getting to the line that much is great. Uh, especially like this team is, I would say better than the past two years of a free throw shooting. So overall, I'm not looking, I don't have any numbers in front of me, but I, they feel more confident. 
I think you could send most of any of the guys up there, and I would I'd feel pretty good about it, especially like Lucas and Keith. Those are kind of two guys in, in Marquise that really jump off to me as being consistent free throw shooters. So I love to see I love to see getting the line thirty times. That's great, um, giving yourself the opportunity. Um, and I just got to say again, Baylor had played played great minutes, sixteen minutes. Um, and those are the most important minutes of his young career for sure. Um, you know, we haven't played a ton of close games, a uh, ton of close conference games yet. Um, so I thought he played really well. I thought he he made a really tough mid range jump shot. I am not a fan of mid-range jump shots, but <laughs> I'm a fan of mid-range jump shots when we make them. Um, but I, it was a great shot, and I think I think his other bucket was a layup, a really pretty layup. So I, I really I like to see him out there. Um, he did have two turnovers. I, they, from what I can remember, weren't back-breaking. Um, but I, I thought he he held his own on defense, and yeah, most of all, I was just happy to see him out there. Um, and yeah, Cam again, big game, 17.6 rebounds, six assists, two steals, did have five turnovers, need to clean that up. I think he, I don't know. I, I, I felt like at times he was being way too patient under the basket. I felt at other times he was rushing. Sometimes I felt like the defender knew what he was going to do before Cam knew what he was going to do. So maybe he's got to change up his tendencies a little bit. Especially from the day before. That's true too. A lot of. I think there was a a moment in game one where Cam beat his guy, got the rebound, and then they fouled him. And the guys, all the Evansville guys were just like, shit, how are we going to stop this guy? So it easily Mm -hmm. could be like that as well, um, that um, you just maybe got to change it up. And going into Drake, that's important, I think, with certain guys are going to come a situation where you might have to just switch it up. I do agree. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. but again, I noticed the defensive lineups that coach used. Uh, he did. He went small again a couple times. He also went zone a couple times, and I'm pretty sure he did it twice in each game. And I like specifically remember thinking it worked every time. But and I, you might be thinking, well, why don't we just run zone every time? Well, that's not the point. The point is to throw. Like after I, I remember one time we we brought out our small lineup, so it was the uh, Uguak. Williamson, Clemens, Norris, and Tate Hall, and uh, it it created a turnover, and we scored real quick. And so um, Evansville called a timeout, and and so I'm sure you know the coach at Evansville is thinking, okay, I got to drop a play or tell our guys, you know, because they got a small lineup, man to man. Let's figure something out. Right out of the timeout, Porter goes to his own defense. I thought that was an excellent chess move. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Porter in game management, but I thought that was one of his more impressive um, plays. It's a little risky, um, but it worked again. They, 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 they didn't score. I think they missed a shot. I think they had to take like a last second um, fadeaway shot or something like that. So it's just something I noticed. Um, I think that's specific to Evansville. So it's not like something that I think he's going to try to do every game. Uh, but I, I was impressed by it. I, I thought that uh, he used it uh, sparingly, but very effectively. Um, but I, I think my last point about this game is that it really shows how much we miss Marquise Kennedy. Um, fortunately, we still won both games by double digits. Man, are we spoiled this season. Um, I mean, the last two years, even the final four year, I mean, we really... 
we really don't blow teams out. Like we we've won a lot of tough games. Uh, I remember specifically in the final four year, we blew out Drake. Um, and that was kind of a huge deal, but we had tough games against Illinois or Indiana, what Indiana state, Illinois state. Um, we had some tough games, I think against Bradley that year too. So, um, we're not used to talking about the final four game. Yeah. No. Yeah. Agreed. We had tough games. We Bradley, we lost for Bradley. We lost by a buzzer beater. They put up a layup at the end. That was tough. Indiana state. They, uh, they beat us by four. Um, I, Missouri State, they only beat us by four, uh, four uh, five as well. Um, so those all conference losses there, they were by five or less points. So I, I agree, it, we're, we're it, the losses are going to be either close and what I think we we lost to Indiana State by five. Yeah. So and look at Valpo. Valpo only beat or sorry, Valpo lost only by three. Then they come back and crush Drake nearly by twenty. So it's it's I, I agree with the point you're getting to is like these conference games are not again we've been handily winning by a lot yeah. but I think this game Evansville was nearly a great wake up for this weekend I keep saying that mm-hmm. with certain aspects I say oh playing against Cage Prim will be a wake up call for Cam and this Evansville game I was disappointed I thought this would been the game um that we could like put some separation between us and give us i i think we said this might have been a breather i I might have been said that quoted last week saying hey this might give us a breather for drake and it wasn't guys playing Mm -hmm. 35 minutes and cam getting five turnovers on uh the second game like you said i wasn't thinking about it and that's my fault the back-to-backs really could do a number on some of these guys and we're back to a game on saturday we don't have that extra day on sunday saturday and sunday and there's a big these are probably the two biggest games of the conference play so far and probably of what we got the rest of the uh, conference. So I think we're not used to uh, what to kind of do. And I think the Bradley game was the only game so far that's been that close and the lost Indiana state. So this is very impactful. And it was just really interesting to see the second game, how guys responded and we got the W and I think the way you say it is best. It, it's it, we win, we won, it might not have been pretty, but we won. So yeah, that that's always interesting i think down the stretch of conference play yeah it's just funny like i feel like we're getting spoiled this year and oh like, that's that's a great point yeah like we won by 11 and 13 <laughs> we're being like wow i'm real disappointed like uh, you know this team's really missing marquise kenny but like we're still winning by double digits and i i i don't think evansville is a great team but i i don't think they're bad they they've beaten up on some bad teams in the valley they're middle of the road valley you know i think they'll probably finish fifth if I had to guess right now. Um, but uh, kind of towards your point about like us getting tired and all that kind of stuff. The one nice thing, yeah, we don't have that extra day, but Drake does play you and I on Wednesday, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, on Wednesday. So they have an extra game this week. So they are, they're at home, but they do have that extra game on Wednesday before uh, we go out to Des Moines to play them on Saturday. So, you know, hopefully true, let's true. hope for a really close game, triple overtime. Yeah. All their starters have to play 50 minutes. Um, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I never would wish that on anyone. But, um, you know, hopefully they just got to play a bunch of minutes and they're real, real sore the next morning and two days later, three days later. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I guess just kind of my last point on these Evansville games. Um, I I think I noticed how much I missed, or we missed, they missed Marquise Kennedy, um, especially his defense. Um, it's really valuable to this team, and 
We hope we can get him back for Drake. Even if he's not there, I still think we win both games. I'm going to say it now. Um, I do think we win these games. I, I think Valpo really exposed Drake. Um, we beat we beat Valpo by, by what, 36, 34? Something mm-hmm. ridiculous. And then Valpo lost by three and won by 17 or 16 against Drake. So, yeah, I do think one of the games is going to be really close, and I do think one of the games is not going to be close. Um, if I had to, if I had to pick numbers, I say we win one by two and one by fifteen. Interesting. Uh, what yeah, do you, no. What do you got? I think you brought up a great point, kind of being a little spoiled. I think the reason why maybe you and I are getting into this is because this is what I think the voters for the top twenty-five consider. Like that's mm-hmm. something I saw a lot on Twitter. It's like, oh, like John Ronson, Loyola is blowing out their opponents by so much, and it's like. That's what's so tough about playing in the Valley, I think, sometimes, is we aren't getting the credit of these wins. Mm-hmm. So having kind of an ugly win isn't the best. But again, it doesn't matter if it comes in. And I have to think about this myself. If we went out the rest of the season, it won't matter. We're going to make it as a champion. We're going to make it into the into the bracket, into March Madness. So that's just the mentality, too, is like it doesn't matter how pretty the win is. The win's going to be uh, grateful in our standing. So... Mm-hmm. I, I got to start thinking like that. And for this weekend, I'm really excited to see if we can get a two wins. Um, like you said, I, I think it's going to be one game has to be a close game. It just it makes sense for me to be a close game. I personally think they're both going to be under 10. I think mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to get separation. I think one of the games is we're going to hurt ourselves with three. I don't think our three. We have ebbs and flows, and I think we've been doing pretty well. Um, but I think what's going to really come down to is us feeding Cameron Crutwick. I think these past games were like, hey, let's feed Cameron Crutwick and put look at him 20, 20 points, 11 rebounds, what, four or five, four assists. So I think that's where it's going to come down to. I think Porter, I agree with you. I'm not a fan too much of his in game adjustments, but he's going to need to adjust early. If he notices the three point shot isn't falling early, let's feed Cam. Because I think I said this before if you start feeding Cam and Cam gets comfortable, then it's going to ha- force the defense to collapse in on Cam, and then it opens up the shot. So I think mm-hmm. instead of shooting your way out of the slump, how about find another way to score through Cam, through a here, through Braden Norris, even going up to the rim, because I think that was really surprising. Or hopefully Marquise Kennedy, knock on wood, is back this weekend. To, he'll, he'll show you a clinic on how to drive to the rim, because he does it really great. So um, I think both games are going to be close games, but I, I really do think we just have the depth that we won't have that extra game that uh, Drake has. So I think we're going to be pretty good stance come out. And again, we're the 22nd team in the nation. So I think we got, we got some uh, thing to prove still. And I, I'm happy to see these games coming up. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do a full preview on Drake just because time and all that kind of stuff. But I do think, this matchup down low between Cam and uh, Drake Center, is it David or Daniel? Daniel. Uh, Dar- Darnell, sorry, Darnell Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, he's six foot ten. He's a transfer from Seton Hall. He's averaging seven and a half points, seven and a half rebounds. Um, dude's a beast. I've seen him. He's a big guy, uh, kind of like Gage Prim. Uh, big dude. It's going to be a battle. I don't think things are going to come easy to Cam, but I think Cam has the upper hand because uh, it's his first time defending Cam Crutwick. And I think anyone's first time, you know, you can see as much film as you want, but I think until you're actually on the court defending him, and you, you if if Cam's got you beat on his tendencies, there there's nothing you can do. You know, he's going to get the he's going to get the space, he's going to get momentum and position down low, and there's no stopping him from there. So 
Um, that's it. my I, I'm excited for that matchup. Um, Lou, any last thoughts? Let's keep going into this weekend. And hey, it's Valentine's Day weekend. So how about they give us a, a love letter or some nice love gift of just winning both games? I don't need chocolates. I don't need a fancy steak or <laughs> nice bottle of red wine. All I need is two Rambler W's. Oh, I like it. I like it. Put it on a postcard and send it out because I think there's a lot of fans that would be happy to hear that. I will. I'll, I'll start the merch now. uh all right well thank you all for listening um it's been super fun and it's only monday for us um you know having loyal be ranked 22 is just it's kind of crazy um i've seen a lot of stories on twitter um i can't you know remember the the names off the top of my head but lots of stories of of um men and women saying you know oh i've been fans since the 70s the 80s the early 2000s you know, we never thought, you know, we always just wanted them to get to the NCAA tournament just to get there, just like by a miracle. And they they did that and they went to the final four, which is insane. But now we're starting to see, you know, after that, the next year we won a conference championship and the next year we were second and now we're ranked. And it it, it does feel different. It feels like um, it feels like there's some momentum. It feels like people are behind us. And this team is special. This team is really, really good. And that's, I think, why you and I, Lou, we do critique them so harshly because I think we both know that this team can win games, plural, at March Madness. So, yeah. And um, I think the way I think it sums up nearly watching it, it's like I think this is becoming a program. Yeah. Uh, more than just, oh, another Chicago team, an actual Chicago team compared to other people who pretend to be Chicago teams. Um, this is a program that's stepping up its game, um, getting the recognition and getting talked about where we could potentially then just step in the spotlight, regardless if that's March Madness, if that's other top. Again, this could help us then with conference, non-conference play. It's just really exciting. And the other thing is, personally, I think it's happy to see this merit go to a team that, again, you don't have that Final Four kind of like, on the like really yeah Lucas and Cam are the only two guys from the mm-hmm. Final Four team. These are kind of fresh faces of the program, and they're doing great things with the program. So that's the, that's what excites me even more is that these guys are doing their own credit, and they're just trail again. These are again trailblazers for future guys. Like we're talking about Ty Johnson and Swagger. So there's f- great excitement to see. And again, it was really exciting to see today all over Twitter people just reaching out, retweeting, talking about how they're really excited for the rest of the season. So. Again, not looking for chocolates, looking for two dubs this weekend. <laughs> Number 22 team. Uh, enjoy it, Rambler fans, because I know we definitely are. Um, so that'll be it from Buck and Lou here at Podcast 63. Uh, just win, baby. Don't forget, always remember, go Blurs.